0: hello everyone this is money mentality and i'm your host thomas staff the date today is may 11th Uh, so welcome to the first money mentality podcast Uh, what this podcast will be about is a focus on investing tax planning uh, other finance topics and with the main focus being on personal financial planning and then so mainly i'll be talking about topics that i find interesting like there are a lot of topics out there, like we can talk about Roth conversions or uh, other like tax brackets, things like that. But um, I'll try to keep it uh things that I find interesting because I feel like those topics are, I mean, obviously they're beneficial and could be actually extremely useful in your planning, but I think they're better suited for a more uh, one-on-one appointment and uh, not as well suited for a podcast. And uh, so going going forward as well. So it'll mostly be me giving the podcast, but occasionally I'll have guests on. I might have a Greg appearance or a Becky appearance in there as well. Uh, but we'll just have to see how it develops. And so uh, kicking it off, let's look at the markets. So the S&P 500, uh, as of last week, it opened uh, Monday, May 4th at a level of 2815 and then closed the week Friday, May 8th at 2929. And then as of today, it opened at 2915. So it's kind of been teetering around that 2900, 2800 range throughout May. And then, so that's following this whole crisis period that we're in, which we reached the peak in February of uh, the last bull market cycle. And then we had a big crash down, which was the fastest. Uh, drawdown in history, uh, leading to uh, a negative 35% drop. And then so going from March to April, uh, April actually turned into a big rally and was the best month in the market of the last 30 years. So it was a crazy rally following this big drop and so we're in very crazy times and then so uh, it's also kind of deceiving too because if we look at where a lot of that rally has come from in the S&P 500 so it's mostly come from the tech sector and then the healthcare sector but mostly the tech sector and then a development that's actually been occurring that's really interesting is that now for as far as the total market capitalization of the S&P 500 is concerned There are now five companies that now make up 20% of the total market cap of the S&P 500. So that's five companies out of 500 that are valued at 20% of that entire index. And so that's Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Microsoft, and Google. And so it's uh, an interesting development. We'll have to see where that goes. It could be a bubble uh, or it could just be that everything else is still valued low and we'll have, uh, have to catch up later on. Uh, we'll see. Um, and then going to the uh, disease that's been affecting everything, the coronavirus. Uh, globally, as of today, May 11th, uh, these numbers are all reported by Johns Hopkins University, by the way. So globally, the cases are reported at more than 4.1 million. Uh, global deaths are, at least 283,000. Uh, US cases are at more than 1.3 million. And US deaths are at least 79,699. So we've been seeing a steady increase. We haven't really hit that plateau that everyone's been looking for quite yet. Uh, but we'll have to see how that develops. And then so I'll just go over that as far as coronavirus coverage goes, but in future podcasts, I plan on doing a monthly podcast going over coronavirus research updates uh, related to antivirals, vaccines, and then just the development of the coronavirus in general. So the main topic of today will be oil. So oil has been wild over this whole period we actually saw it go into negative territory in April. So that was the first time ever in history that oil has gone negative in price per barrel. And so as of today, oil is actually trading at $24.59 a barrel. So it's had a recovery from where it was last month. But then if we look at where it was a year ago, it was trading at $60 a barrel. So we've had that huge drop-off, which is mainly attributed to a significant lack in demand causing an oversupply uh, but so let's look at what happened last month with that uh, negative territory that oil went into so on april 19th oil was priced at negative negative 37.63 dollars 63 at its lowest so what caused this so it was mainly a financial squeeze uh, so how the oil market works is that you have these futures contracts and then the owners of these futures contracts are a mix of the people that are actually buying physical oil barrels and then financials that are buying kind of paper products. And then they're more there as a, a way to help regulate the market. And then it's also just an investment tool for people that want to invest in oil. And so usually these financials all get out about two weeks before the settlement date of the physical oil contracts Uh, but due to this huge drop in demand uh, these financials had uh, trouble finding someone that would actually buy their contracts from them and then so leading up to this we had uh, the options expiration date which comes about a week before which is ultimately when these paper products are converted into actual physical oil contracts, and then you have the future settlement date uh, following that options expiration date a week later. And then so all these uh, paper contracts got converted into actual oil barrel contracts. And then so there were all these financial institutions that were holding these contracts and they don't have anywhere that they can store the oil. So like they can't do anything with it. So they have to get out of it. And then, as it was leading up to that final settlement date, they couldn't find anyone to buy their contracts. And then, if, like, if you were looking at the bid ask spread, there were a lot of sellers and then no buyers. Like the buyers were at zero. And so, uh, what happened is it just continued to go negative further and further with these financials actually having to. Pay someone to take the oil off their hands because they don't have any storage for it. I mean, what are they going to do? They just like dump it in the ocean. Like they can't. They're going to catch a huge lawsuit if they don't store it anywhere. And so it uh, led to this huge financial squeeze. And uh, there were actually some retail investors that got involved as well. So Interactive Brokers, it's a retail investor platform. I actually had one customer who bought uh, 212 oil futures contracts at one cent per barrel. And so when you buy these oil futures contracts, they're in terms of a thousand units. So it's a thousand barrels at one cent per barrel, 212 contracts. So it came out to $2,120 that he invested in these contracts. And then how you profit off of these or lose money otherwise is uh, every time the underlying price of oil goes up or down a dollar. Each contract will go up a thousand dollars or down a thousand dollars. And so when he bought these contracts, he was thinking that they were at uh, one cent per barrel and so in his mind, there's no way that can go any lower. It's not like it's gonna go in a negative territory before that's never happened. Well, <laughs> that actually did happen. And so it actually plunged deep into the negative $37 And so, he only invested $2,000 into this contract, Uh, but because there were 212 contracts, each time it went down a dollar, he was losing $212,000. And then it actually ended up going to where he ended up owing $7 million off of this $2,000 contract. And so, this guy was, uh, he was basically at risk of losing everything. But fortunately for him, so there is a bright spot here, uh, interactive brokers, they had not designed uh, oil prices going negative in their system. So it never actually displayed a negative value in his account. And it didn't display the negative price of oil. So fortunately for him, that was deemed to be their fault. And so interactive brokers actually ended up Holding that one. And uh, if we look at what actually happened there, I think they ended up owing uh, about $100 million off of this fiasco with their pricing and everything. So that's something that they'll have to update. But, and then so let's look is there an, uh, an opportunity for oil? Because it's still low and it. Obviously, maybe a few years out from now, if it goes back to where it was last year at $60 a barrel, that's a huge difference. If it goes from 25 to 60 that's $35 of gain that you would have there, pretty much double your money. But is it actually double your money? Well, let's look at that. So looking at the overall economic factors in general, so what's crude oil used for? And so, I mean, this might be obvious to a lot of people, but let's just make sure we got this groundwork in so crude oil is used as the basis for a lot of these transportation fuels such as gasoline diesel and jet fuel and also it's used for heating and electricity generation and then so looking at how the coronavirus has impacted the market you can see there's obviously been a huge drop in demand like there aren't any flights taking place uh, transportation uh, vehicle transportation is way down And then a lot of these office buildings are closed, so there's less heat and electricity being used now as well. Like if we look at, in terms of actual numbers of demand, uh, at the beginning of March, there were about 10 million barrels of gasoline being used per day. And then in April, that number dropped down to six million barrels of gasoline per day. And so that's caused this big drop in demand. And then all these oil producers, uh, they have to slow down their production. And a lot of them, it's very costly to do this. And so they're having to weigh out this whole cost analysis situation of whether it's better for them to take losses on uh, their oil now or if they should plug their wells. And which is a very expensive process, and then uh, maybe reopening them later on. Uh, so either way, there's going to be a loss of money there, but they just have to decide which one is better. And then so the thing about these pumps, too, is that uh, you might think, oh, why don't they just slow down the output of their pumps? So they can do that, but only to about 60 to 70 percent of their output level. And anything below that will cause permanent damage to the pump. And then a lot of times what's happened is uh, in the past when they have done that, when they've maybe decreased it to 30%, uh, once they try to ramp it back up, it'll only go go back to 50% of where it originally was at. So it causes permanent damage to the pump. And so they can either do that, or they can plug their wells, which like I was saying is a very, costly process and so they have to really weigh uh, which is the least (laughs) costly situation and it kind of depends on their outlook too like if they believe that demand is going to come back sooner than expected then it would be better to just take the short-term losses rather than plug their wells and so it's kind of a whole development there that these oil companies and the ceos are having to figure out Um, and then but in the meantime, there's a whole bunch of logistical problems because Cushing, uh, all these other oil storage facilities are basically at their brim. Like they can't take any more storage. So these companies have to figure out in the short term, who's going to take their storage. And then if no one's going to take their storage anyways, like even if they're taking a loss on oil, then they have to plug their well because there's nowhere for it to go anyways, even if they're taking a loss. So we're getting into this whole big logistical problem, which right now and <laughs> we're seeing the price of oil is at $25 a barrel, it could go even lower and we could see a crash again. And so then the next important dates to be looking at is uh, this, uh, let's see, this May 14th, which is actually this Thursday is the options expiration date for the June contract. So that's when all the financials are going to have to be uh, getting out of their contracts. And then so if they're unable to get out of their contracts again, then we could see another crash similar to what happened last month. And then by the time the settlement date happens, which is May 19th, they will have to have that completely figured out. So uh, right now we're kind of cruising along at 25, but once we hit that options expiration date at the 14th, then we're in between the 14th and the 19th we're going to start seeing some some action going on there and so we'll have our answer then um, and so what does this come down to is this an opportunity to invest in oil because obviously it's at a very low price and then maybe by next week it'll be even lower so what options do you have to invest in oil well so you can invest directly In the futures market, which is very risky, Uh, like I was talking about earlier, that uh, investor interactive brokers lost $7 million on a $2,000 investment, so there's something like that that could happen, but then it's also possible that it goes the other way, where on $2,000 of an investment, you make $7 million, so it could be a thing that goes either direction, but it's extremely risky, and then there are ETFs that trade on the futures market. And then so one really popular one is USO or the United States Oil Fund. That one's been all over the news. So its main goal uh, prior to this whole event was to track the spot price of oil as closely as possible. So they would be invested in a mix of the current month futures contracts, which would be June and then the next Months futures contract, which would be July. So they'd be invested in a mix of those uh, with the goal that they would be tracking whatever the current price of oil is also called the spot price. But as of right now, uh, it's probably not a good idea to touch these products at all, because since the last oil crash, they've changed their holdings like 30 times Because like I said, originally they were supposed to be in the front month contract and then that follow-up month contract. But now they're invested in 10 different months. And then they've even specified that they may invest in um, Brent futures contracts and then a variety of other futures contracts. Because their main goal right now is, I guess, just to keep themselves afloat. So if you're investing in them with the reliance that they're going to track oil, well, they're not doing that anymore. So it's... A situation that you should probably avoid uh, but uh, what other options are there so there's the individual company stocks like you can invest in Exxon or Marathon or BP uh, those are options but the thing is it's kind of hard to and in, uh, justify investing in these at all right now because these companies have taken on a ton of debt and then the thing is if this conflict ends a lot faster than expected uh, with the coronavirus then it could be a good opportunity actually but the thing is if the coronavirus goes on for the expected time frame which is to where it's pushed into 2021 and then, you have know, a vaccine by then then the thing is these companies will be taking on all this debt and then they're going to be struggling to make a profit at all for several years because they're going to be faced with this oversupply of oil combined with their debt situation. So they're gonna be struggling to make profit. And and then even going forward, we could see energy as a whole uh, industry transitioning to more clean energy. So oil could be going down in terms of that development. Uh, But I mean, it could be a good good opportunity because they're really low right now. But there's a good chance that they'll go even lower before they (laughs) go up. And then what other opportunities are there? Well, there's also these uh, tanker stocks. So because we've been having such a big demand decrease, there's been this huge demand for storage. And Cushing, which is the... Oklahoma storage facility Which is the largest oil storage facility in the US is Basically at the brim. So there can't be any more storage there. So what other options do these oil companies have? Well, they have these oil tankers Which are these ships that are parked out in the Gulf of Mexico and throughout different places in the world that produce oil And uh, a lot of these ships, they come in different sizes, so they can, like smaller ones, can store 1 million barrels of oil, and then the larger ones can store 4 million barrels of oil up to uh, this largest size, I believe. And then so recently, some of these tankers have released their earnings. Um, They actually had double their expected earnings. So they could be a good option for a short-term investment because they had these earnings released but their stock price actually went down because the market's been weird and there's been a lot of data that's being interpreted all these different ways right now. And so they could be a good short-term investment, but if you're a long-term investor, uh, I would not recommend them because uh, there's a good chance that this oil situation will be turned around by next year. And then they'll just have this one year of good earnings and then they'll be Decreasing in value after that, so it really depends on your situation. That could be the best short-term investment, but uh, it's hard to say. And then, like everything, it's uh, you can't really predict the future exactly. You can have these ideas, but uh, investing's kind of going with the situation we have right now and then going with the best outlook. So that's the gist of what's going on with oil right now. From what I've been hearing, we still haven't hit the bottom yet, but it really depends. Uh, maybe uh, we have. Maybe that negative $37 was the bottom. And then uh, when I'm referring to bottom, I'm more so talking about the actual companies behind oil, uh, but we'll really have to see. And um, Like I said, the important dates to follow right now are this Thursday, May 14th, and then next week, May 19th, because those are the dates of the options expiration date and then the final settlement date because that's where everything will really start to unfold and we'll see where the long-term outlook is playing out uh, more clearly uh, after that. And then if you have any questions about any of this or any questions about anything else, uh, feel free to contact me Uh, and then have a good rest of your day, everyone. The content in this presentation is provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. You should consult a tax professional about any tax consequences and a licensed investment professional prior to making any investment decision. No statement within this presentation should be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell a security or provide any investment advice.